As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. on the beach the only place to read your emails and tweets it's wednesday april 7th this is the no dunks podcast as part of the athletic network i'm j.e skeets right there that's mr what you need to know tass mellis beach boys how are you hey doing great let's get in the water we also got my top shot hot boy trey kirby hey yo hey yo the international man of mystery taking it to the max lee ellis friend hey Lily, and uh, last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Yes, guys, take a second. Hit the like button. Come on, smash it. Also comment, defeat the algorithm, and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Tell your friends all about the show and make them subscribe and smash the like button and comment. And then they'll tell their friends and then they'll tell their friends. And like next thing you know, like... You know, we're just like swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck over here, you know? It'd be uh, McDuckin' it. Yeah. I would um, love to. I would love to. Got your Braves hat on. Way to go, Braves. Got the first win of the season there, TK. Oh, big one for Atlanta. A seven-inning win in the first game of a doubleheader. I see some stream teamers here are also pulling a doubleheader, showing up for the morning match and the afternoon match. You gotta love it. Let's go, Braves! <laughs> First um, one of the year, love it. Tass, did you know that? Wow. Uh, did you know they only played? You said seven you innings? said before we got here, before we got on the show, you were going to talk baseball. I didn't know it was coming in the first two minutes. <laughs> oh, Let's talk oh, baseball. The leadoff batter, uh, hey. exactly, exactly. Uh, Tass, did you know that they only play seven innings when they play a doubleheader? Mm. That is nuts. No, right? I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that either. Trey and I were talking about it uh, pre-show here. I said I think the game's over, and Trey's like, "No, nah, no, nah, it's in the seventh. And I'm like. Yeah, I think they only play seven innings when there's a doubleheader, and sure enough, that's what they do. When did they implement that? I got no idea. Baseball's always changing the rules. They didn't change the rules for 150 <laughs> years, now all they do is change them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've been spitting seeds for years watching doubleheaders, and I don't remember them only playing seven. I know. I mean, everybody's a little upset about the extra innings rule. Not everyone, but some people don't like the extra innings rule. They're starting to run around second. Makes everyone's night a little bit earlier, right? Right, yeah. A little bit faster, why not? Yeah, I love it. It's like, um, it's sort of like college football, right? With their, like, weird overtime scoring where, I don't know, you start on the, what do you start on, 25 or something like that? Start on a yard line. Yeah, One of them. them You're close. You're really close. And you can either score a touchdown or kick a field goal, basically, like, right away. I'm shocked they went back to the 162. I thought they would... You know, find a bit of a middle ground or something after the two-month season last year. But everybody hated the two-month season. There's something about playing 162 that keeps the game pristine, keeps it real. <laughs> Got to go back to 162. People hated the two-month season. They hated it. Uh, Lee, what do you think? What should we do? What what rule should we change in baseball uh, to get you back into it? What to get you into uh, it? Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, you can foul out on your third strike. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, because I like sometimes. 
sometimes you see that guy just you know deliberately foul tipping it off just to keep dragging it out that's baseball baseball just loves to drag things out don't oh, they? says the guy long... that loves cricket yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey come on man 162 games you can play an entire cricket summer within 162 days man that's uh that's it's not it's not a fair comparison like okay. that all right i'm just saying you said it takes like five days to play uh one match sometime. one form of the game yeah we have multiple <laughs> forms we we brought in a whole new game to make it quicker two and a half hours the 2020 cricket that's it's that's a fun thing to watch i mean one day somewhere i don't know where we'll go to watch a 2020 game of cricket you guys will love it oh, yeah, anyway. I, I, i'm running on the field for sure <laughs> yeah, they probably allow you. I don't yeah, know. Like, yeah, who are. cares? Who Good. cares? Make Good. it fun. <laughs> All right. We are talking uh, some NBA action here. Or maybe not. You guys send in some crazy questions. We'll have some larfs. Um, but let's get into it, Tess. What's our first one? Hey, Dunkaroos. I've been watching the Julius Randle renaissance, the Randle-sance, mm. this year with absolute joy. I enjoy nothing better than a player proving they are worth the hype they've gotten in their time coming up in the league. But it makes me wonder... Who do you think is next up for a glow up into an all-star level or maybe all NBA level player? For me, I know Brandon Clark is still young. We're going to the Grizzlies, baby. But something about his skill set and drive make me feel like greater things are on the horizon. Turk Scrubs, Dr. Todd, Shea loves this show. That's from Mitch in Chicago. Nice sign off there, Mitch. Trey, who's uh, next for the glow up? What do you think? Well, this might sound like a hot take and I'm also not totally sure that it answers the question the right way but i'm still going with it i think michael porter jr is going to be an all-star before jamal murray is wow wow not that jamal murray is not an all-star caliber player i think he'll make the game at some point in his career as well um but he fits into the denver system so well that during the regular season he's happy to play his part as you know just building chemistry making sure everybody's involved and taking over when he needs to. Then we see in the playoffs when it becomes a little bit more important to have some creation from the perimeter, he's happy to have the ball in his hands taken over time and time again. Uh, So if we were to see postseason Jamal Murray during the regular season, sure, that guy's an all-star easily. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think part of the reason that uh, the Nuggets have been playing better is that Jamal Murray has been improving, especially since the all-star break. But the thing with Michael Porter Jr., is that he gets the playoff of both Jokic and Murray. I mean, I know that's true for Murray as well. He's playing off Jokic, but he's not really able to play off Michael Porter Jr. because that guy is a finisher of plays. And, you know, he gets passes as a release valve when Jokic is double teamed. He gets passes as a release valve when Murray is double teamed. You're still trying to game plan those two first before you do it for Michael Porter Jr. But that guy has taken quite the leap to the fact that I was looking at his uh, post all-star splits and I thought it was a joke that I was looking at the wrong thing. He's averaging 21 a game, eight rebounds, one assist. He ain't passing the ball, but his shooting splits are ridiculous. 60% field goal percentage, 53 from three, only 74 from the free throw line, but he's shooting basically wide open jumpers all the time. Aaron Gordon coming in means that people don't really care as much if he's not playing defense, despite the fact that he's gotten mediocre on that side you know he's not sticking out like a sore thumb i don't think he can make an impact with his size just hitting the glass but he gets easy looks now and you see the talent so i don't know it feels like he's taking a leap on both sides of the ball he seems like he's going to be a real player the more and more he's playing alongside these nuggets the better the team gets he looks even better I see what's happening here. Mitch in Chicago builds up one Canadian in Brandon Clark, and Trey Kirby from Chicago takes another Canadian down a peg. Mm. And Jamal Murray, actually, I think they're, uh, that's an interesting point about who makes it first. You may not be wrong, too, because just playing the forward position, right, for an all-star game selection, you sort of have more spots, uh, you know, when it comes to the pool. So maybe that's not that crazy. And you're right, he's been playing uh, pretty damn impressive since, since the all-star break. I, I think they both... Well, yeah, they're both going to likely make all-star teams, but uh, who gets there first? Does Jamal Murray, just because he's been in the league longer, have, like, the uh, the leg up? Whoa. Whoa. Oh, that's hey, a, buddy. That's a vote yeah, for Jamal yeah, Murray. No, we're talking about the Canadians, Luna. No offense, Luna. Here. I think Jamal Murray's actually still very good. I just yeah. think Michael Porter Jr. is blossoming before yeah. our very eyes. Yeah, sorry about that, J.D. I guess we're on a delivery. Hey, go tell him, Luna. Tell them just to leave it outside the gate next time. They don't got to come all the way in. I'm just kidding. Uh, Lee, do you have an answer for this? All-star level, all-NBA level glow-up? 
Yeah, well, when he said glove up when he was going with Julius Randle, I thought, okay, he was talking sort of an elite level-ish type player. But then he throws in Brandon Clark, so I guess he's going a little bit lower into the uh, into the to the spectrum, if you like. So I'm going back to my uh, Cleveland Cavaliers man, the sex man, Colin mm-hmm. Sexton. I think he is, uh, you know, he started off the season well. They've got a very good backcourt there in him and Darius Garland. I think he's ahead of Darius Garland at the moment. Um, they've both had their moments, but he's quietly putting together a pretty consistent season uh, right now. He's 24 points a game, shooting the ball really well, 48% from the field, and then 36% from three. Not too bad, taking a little step back from his first uh, two seasons there. He doesn't get a ton of assists, but if you just look at his growth over his now third season here, he started off at 16 points a game there in Cleveland, 21 points a game last season, now up to 24. So he's doing it on a, you know, not a great team, but I think there's a little bit more there than maybe in that first season or two where it was, uh, you know, basically just like, well, no one's watching the Cavs and no one else is on that team to score. I think he's now starting to show that he's become a, a better point guard, even though he doesn't distribute the ball like a traditional point guard all that much. He's more a scoring point guard. But I think there are uh, some signs there that, that the Cavs, you know, obviously I think they move on from Kevin Love uh, at the end of this season. I think they have to. Get some more younger pieces there. They've got Jared Allen now that uh, things should start to improve. And I can see, I think he was hovering around the all-star conversation at one point. He's up to 28 a game earlier in this season. But the Cavs record and just, you know, it was more like you've got to you've got to do it for more than just half a season to get real recognition. But if he continues to play the way he has certainly this season and, and you know, starting from last season, then uh, I think uh, an all-star berth is in play for Colin Sexton. Okay, these guys are getting creative here, Tass, which I like. Because you, you very easily could be like John Morant or De'Aaron Fox. Like, guys that you're like, yeah, they're going to be basically locks for at least all-star selections if their team wins some games and they continue on their progression. But uh, I like that these guys are going a little deeper with their picks. Do you have another guy to add to the list? Yeah, I think uh, I'm going slightly deeper than Lee did with uh, Colin Sexton. I'm going uh, to Rui Achimura in whoa, Washington. Whoa, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, very deep. Yeah, it's a bit of a reach. I mean, he was a ninth overall pick, yeah. and he's o- he's only a second-year player. Like, the Julius Randle glow-up is deep into his career, getting this good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Rui Ajamira, in, in the same way, is going to take some time. He's not going to get there next year. He's not going to get there the year after that. Um, the, you know, Michael Porter Jr. could get there at some point uh, in the next couple of years, especially if the Nuggets are on fire, and Colin Sexton uh, could as well. Rui has developed though from year one to year two and i just believe i I just believe that the work ethic uh combined with him starting late in life as a basketball player he started playing when he's like 14 years old and now you know he's not he's not incredible really at anything in the game Uh, but he's really really good he had a 10 game stretch recently where he was 20 and 8 fred katz wrote about it and he's become from year one uh, to year two, a respectable shooter. He's 29% at three last year, 34% now. Uh, so that's, you know, decent, score more at the paint, draw more fouls. He's dunking more. The stats mm. say he's dunking more, and that just means he's growing on up. And uh, maybe getting back to baseball, maybe it's because I'm excited about Showtime, Shohei Otani. Uh, maybe I just want uh, Achimura-san to be a great Japanese player as well. Mm. I, mean, I just, I just, I'm buying it. I'm buying him and the way he's carrying himself this year. And uh, if, you know, he's, he's, he's a mid-range guy. He's where he shoots a lot. So there's, you know, that problem with him. He's not a superstar, but he's taking a lot of shots from the mid-range. But I'm, I'm believing in him that he can get to all three levels at the three-point line and at the rim. So Rui Achimura, I don't, I don't know. He, he rubs me the right way. Maybe it's his smile. I just like <laughs> him. Uh, but he'll, he'll be around the league for a long time. And he won't be a perennial all-star. Michael Porter Jr., Colin Sexton, those guys could be perennial all-stars. Hutchmore is, you know, he's working on the fringes of the all-star world. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably like Brandon Clark, if because uh, I believe in Brandon Clark. Yeah. I'm sure you do too, Skeets. You yeah. know, being a he's little good. biased. He is, he is good. good. I mean, you're right. I don't see him as like a five-time all-star. I mean, yeah. is there one year where it all comes together and, and maybe he cracks one? I think it'd be pretty difficult even that, but yeah. I'm going Who with, I'm going to go with um, a guy in his third year, I believe, plays for the Suns. Let's go back to Phoenix, give them some uh, more love. Mikel Bridges, I think, is on his way. I don't know if it happens in the next couple of years, but he's going to be starting to make all defensive teams, mm. like maybe this year. And if not this year, then it will like bleed into next season. That guy is a defensive stopper. But he also, early in his career here, has just got better every year. I think he might be one of these, like, who was it? 
Danny Granger comes to mind, like a guy that like increased his scoring, like uh, you know, for yeah, like five or six. Yeah, years. yeah. <laughs> maybe there was somebody else I'm forgetting too that did that. Um, if you guys, Gary did. Harris did. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Aaron Aflalo. Aaron Aflalo. Aaron Aflalo. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. So I think Bridges is going to sort of maybe be that next guy that does that. Like you know, in his rookie season, I think it was like eight or nine. The next year yeah. was like a little bit better. This year it's like thirteen. So he's not going overboard, right? So then next year, it'll probably be in the 15-16. Will he ever even get up to, like, a plus 20-point-per-game score? Maybe that'll be difficult for him, maybe. But uh, I just like this kid, and I think he's actually been really instrumental in the Suns' success. I know it all the attention goes to, of course, Chris Paul and his leadership, then Booker being the All-NBA type player, you know, even Aiton improving and stuff like that, even Jay Crowder. But Mikael Bridges is a huge, huge part of this great team. I'm excited to see them play the Jazz tonight, of course, the one-versus-two seed. So I'll go Bridges. Uh, that's a long distance glow up, but uh, he's going to start getting his flowers here defensively. I, I think this year, Lee, I think he could crack mm-hmm. a an all defensive team. I think people realize how good he is, despite being so young. Yeah, he could, he could. Um, but the the improvement of his game, I think, as well, has just benefited from being on a team now that is better, and there are more options. So he just has to basically get to the right spot and hit those threes. He's shooting them at forty one percent this season, which is right. really good. Uh, he's only taking like just over four a game, but. That is, uh, you know, he's playing smart basketball, shooting 53% from the field in total. So he, he's doing the right things. He understands his uh, where he is in the pecking order as far as getting shots. Like, you'll get them, but you're probably not going to get them early on in games. You're going to get them, you know, throughout the flow. So play hard on the defensive end, get rewarded on the offensive end, and you're going to see a big bump in minutes, and uh, mm-hmm. and that's what's happening. So he's sort, of, he, he's sort of flying under the radar a bit because of the other stories out there in Phoenix, but uh, they certainly need him on both ends of the floor. Next question. Hello, no dunks. I'm a Dutch listener from the starters days, and I always tell people about the wedgies and the day that Skeets got wedgied by Shaq. Imagine my hype when I was watching a Dutch basketball league broadcast and the commentator actually used the term wedgie and gave no dunks a shout out. So I believe we have the clip. Let's throw it in here, JD. Kijk wie als eerste de voorsprong gaat nemen. Oh, dit is de zogenaamde wedgie. Zo zeggen ze altijd bij de podcast. Ja, hoe heet die show ook alweer? Leuke. Oh ja, No Dunks. No Dunks podcast. Moet u luisteren als u van de NBA houdt. Oh, I love it so much. I mean, you can pick up the two things that we know. Wedgie and No Dunks in there. So, the translation, the transcript, if you will, is... Let's see who takes the lead first. He's obviously calling the play-by-play action. Ooh... This is the so-called wedgie, and then he laughs. <laughs> it's what they called it at the podcast. Uh, what's that show called again? A fun. Oh, right, No Dunks, No Dunks podcast. A must listen if you like NBA basketball. So, uh, no question. In this email here, just keep the classics coming. That's from Yuri, uh, obviously in the Netherlands. And uh, thanks for sharing that clip. I, uh, look. <laughs> Controversial. I almost think we should count it. Uh, <laughs> count it! I mean, if you're getting a no-dunk shout-out, I, I think that validates it for me, you know? You know, there's quite a few that pop up in the uh, NBL and Australian people are like, you know, count it. I'm like, I don't really want to count them if they're just not reg- uh, referencing the uh, no-dunks. But if wow. they do... Or we just have an international counter. I don't know. But. Yeah, well, geez, now something else to track. Yeah, maybe. Maybe for next <laughs> season. But uh, if you see one anywhere in the world and you've got, obviously, uh, a commentator or two talking about it, referencing no dunks, you got to send it in. We'll at least share it on the show. So, again, no question there, Tass, but uh, a great clip. Uh, I can't believe that stuff is up on YouTube, but uh, people are watching Dutch Basketball League action. You sickos, man. <laughs> Holy crap. Respect. Maybe they're watching around the world, Skeets. You said obviously a guy from the Netherlands, but who knows, man? Maybe there's Dutch Basketball League fans worldwide. I mean, that's what I would point. Like, I get it. If you're from the Netherlands, you might even know some of the players. But, like, if you are living in the States watching that, that is incredible. <laughs> you love basketball even more than I do. Um, yeah. And again, All right. respect. Let's play a quick little Dutch trivia game here. Ooh. Sure. Six NBA players on basketball reference are listed as being right? born in the Netherlands. Can you name three of them? Uh, Rick Smith. Yeah. Check. Okay. Francisco Elson. Oh, uh, yeah. nice Nice Paul. A check. Third one. Oof. Uh, Nick Van Exel. Uh, I actually thought that... um, Can we get one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought this would be the second guy um, that you would... That you would, uh, that you would guess. <laughs> oh, if I'm not his... mistaken, he, um, 
his wife at one point. Oh, yes. Oh, I know Dan Gadzurich. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Dan Gadzurich. Nicely done. <laughs> she yeah. was Tweet of the Night at some point, yeah. like yeah. a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A Dutch decade ago, I would have also accepted uh, Sven Nader, oh, Geert Hamming, and yeah. of course, uh, 1949's Hank Beenders. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That Hank actually, Beenders. Hank Beenders has probably been said on the show more than a lot of other NBA players. <laughs> probably true. You think so? <laughs> yeah, because his name is Hank Beenders. Well, yeah, it's a great... I, don't, I just actually <laughs> don't remember it coming up, but it's now it's going to come up all the time. I didn't write. Uh, Sven Nader, yeah, actually. I was going to yep. legit say him, but uh, nice... Uh, Get Zurich hint. I think I was like, yeah. we were talking to her at one point. Like, uh, I don't think we were ever close to having her on the show by any means, but there was like a back and forth with no, do- or the starters. Maybe we were the basketball team. I, don't I think it remember. was TBJ. Yeah, it may have been TBJ, yeah. but we were, we were commenting with her and talking about yeah, maybe getting sure. Dan on. It was a different time, man. That's <laughs> crazy. All right. Great trivia. I love it. Uh, and uh, again, thanks, Yuri, for sending in that clip. Yeah, thank you so much. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, next one here. How do you do, no dunkaroos? With the Raptors looking like they're going into a rebuild, could they look to trade Pascal Siakam? There's clearly questions about his ability to be a number one guy. Could they look elsewhere to score for the future? I think a trade to Golden State could definitely work for both sides, with the Warriors wanting to return to contention and the Raptors getting some combination of James Wiseman, Eric Paschal, Jordan Poole, and the Minnesota pick. Would love to hear your thoughts, especially as Raps fans. Boom, boom, pow. That's from Rob B., a very sad Gonzaga student this week. Thanks for the email, Rob Mm. B., I say no chance that they think about trading Pascal Siakam. And I wouldn't call it a rebuild. I'd call it a retool with the Raptors. They are looking to obviously get better. Yeah, they traded um, Norman Powell for a younger version of Norman Powell when they went and got Gary Trent Jr. But they're not looking to tear it down. And what would be the point of tearing it down to get hopefully more Pascal Siakam type guys like that's those are the type of guys that you get off the bat in a rebuild if you're really really bad you know yeah obviously you're yearning for a superstar and Pascal Siakam is not a superstar at this point yes I understand that the worry uh, I too like uh, many Raptors faithful uh, yeah I'm disappointed in what happened in the playoffs last year with Pascal and him not being able to elevate to a, a 1A guy but he's shown that on a championship team he can be a complimentary guy, a two, three, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why would you send him away on a, a reasonable contract in this day and age uh, at, at this point to be worse? I don't, I don't really get it. unless you want to, if you, if you know, you're going to get Cade Cunningham, if you're trading Pascal Siakam for Cade Cunningham, I guess, but that's not how it works. Uh, that's, that's, it's it's just it's far reaching. I would say no chance that they look to trade him. Even yeah, even though you name basically every Warriors prospect and their best pick, uh, I that they would 
potentially get in return, which they wouldn't get in return for Pascal Siakam, I don't think you do it. Skeets, do you even, do you even contemplate this guy who is not even in his prime moving him? No, probably not. Because you said, like, I mean, was Siakam a superstar last year? Did anybody ever consider him that when he was a, what, all-NBA second team? Before the bubble. Uh, was that last year? I'm going to have my mm-hmm. years mixed up. I yeah, yeah. it was last year. Yeah, and then he just had, a, obviously, a disappointing uh, you know, rundown in, in Disney World. It most improved the year before that. Uh, obviously, got the contract. He is a $30 million player now, I guess, right? Tass, I guess, 29 in the first year, and it goes up and up and up, and it gets up to around yeah, like 35 that's why million. I, that's why I kind of hesitated when I said a reasonable yeah, contract yeah. in these day and times. But still, I mean, for a 20-point guy, you'd think the way he's sort of perceived right now that he'd be like a 14-point guy and and – I don't know, just not offering a lot. But he still is a 20-point guy, still yeah. great defense. He is a complimentary guy. A 30 mil, yeah, you wish that you had another guy making 35 mil that was a uh, a superstar. But, yeah, yeah, to put the term superstar on him, yeah, it was a little premature. We were all hoping for it. We were all waiting for the Pascal growth, that spurt, but it, it didn't happen. Yeah, I don't know. I just, like, almost want to write this whole season off. If I'm being completely honest for the Raptors, it's like, you know, I don't need to bring it up again and drive it into the ground or you know, like the whole them being in Tampa. It's a disadvantage. No, you can't convince me otherwise. So it's like, is this just a weird pass for this year? Like get them back in Toronto, get Siakam back to normal. Like then maybe we can sort of decide if he is. Yeah. Where does he fall in the pecking order? Is he, is he, can he be your superstar? Your one? Okay. Probably not. Got no problem with being number two, though. Um, or in best case scenario, yeah, number three. So, no, I'm not making this trade. Uh, I'm also not super, super high on James Wiseman. I think he's going to be a fine player, but I'm, like, not doing this trade. I know the pick would be involved in here, like whether or not you're keeping that Wolves pick. Like, that's juicy, I guess, but you're right, Tass. It's a big unknown. Otherwise, I don't, I'm not all enticed. So, I'm sitting on Pascal Siakam lately, and I'm seeing what we get from the actual Toronto Raptors and not the Tampa Bay Raptors. But, yeah, I'm a little worried, and we were always worried that he could be the go-to guy after Kawhi left. That was uh, that was the big question mark. Like, it's one thing to do it to pop up in a game one of a finals and have a dominant, you know, performance where he misses a couple shots. But it's like, okay, do it every night now. That's like mm. That's the difference maker between the real superstars and the stars, and he's probably a star, and that's okay. But I'm not trading him right now. I'm not panicking if I'm the Raptors, no. I don't think he gets traded, but I don't think Masai Ujiri is not at least ex- exploring his options with him. I, I like, think who would Masai- you trade him for? Well, like, that's like the realistically. Thing. Like, yeah, I, I, so the I Wizards are like, oh, Beal really wants out of here. And you're like, yeah, all right, yeah. we'll trade you Siakam for Beal. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm yeah, not like yeah. saying no immediately to that, but I just can't think of many, many realistic trade partners. No, and, and I back. haven't got any either like that. I haven't, I haven't been firing up the trade NBA to try to see what's out there. I just think more that... You know, given uh, Masai Ujiri, you know, he, he's kind of brought uh, Pascal Siakam along. They've got more than just a sort of basketball connection and relationship there. But mm-hmm. I also think that if he if he gets the right deal, if he feels it's a better situation for the Raptors, he will make a move like that because he's committed already to Fred. He's committed to uh, OG Ananobi as well. They're going to have to do something next year with free agency. And, you know, it. I think... More than just the Raptors having a, a bad season down there, there has been some beef there with Nick Nurse. Now, usually the coach is the one who gets fired under those circumstances if, if a star player and a coach is uh, beefing. But, you know, Ujiri uh, uh, gave Nick Nurse an extension of his own at the end of, uh, you know, before this season started. So I think he's his guy. Now, again, all, that doesn't mean anything. You can still be fired in a second if uh, if the general manager wants to move on for you. But coming into the season, I would have been like, there's no way they're trading Pascal. He, they'll give him a chance to, to break out of this. And I think they'll probably move forward next season with him as well. But if Mm -hmm. he doesn't get better, and and I mean, he's putting up reasonable numbers at 20 and 7, you guys have mentioned already. Like, he's he's having a good season statistically, but they're expecting more from him in a leadership role. They're expecting more from him as well in in an ability to sort of carry that team forward. He is... Their number one option, I think, going forward at this at this point. So mm-hmm. they're going to need something from him, and if he can't step up, and if Masai finds a deal out there, I think he would trade him. But I, I, I think for now, it's unlikely, or you know, or not likely to happen. But um, I don't think it's completely out of uh, the realm of possibility that Masai Ujiri does decide to move on from him at some point if things don't improve. And you know, it was the start of last season 
where he really just exploded onto the scene. I remember like World oh, he War was, One. He was shutting up the doubters then because exactly, everyone was like, yeah. oh, you won most yeah. improved, but you're a bit player. And then he came out like, yeah, about he a did. hell and it was He was like averaging like 25, yeah. And that deal looked like a steal. It was like, yeah. oh my God, he's only paying him 30 million. So that contract's, yeah, that contract's not bad at all. You can move on from that easily. Um, so... I, I think it's, uh, you know, he's going to at least see how next season goes, certainly yeah. up to the trade deadline. And if things haven't gotten better, then I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there is a trade. Uh, CSP, Trey, threw out a hypothetical, of course, a Siakam for Ingram type of deal. I mean, who's saying no? Uh, I mean, what do you got your thoughts on that or just the thought on uh, the question about Siakam being moved? My guess on that one is that the Pelicans say no. Um, ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brandon Ingram is maybe better than Pascal Siakam is right now. And he's a better outside shooter for sure, which Mm -hmm. you definitely need playing alongside uh, Zion, especially if they're going to be rolling out another five guy. If they're, you know, no, I don't think a a front court of Siakam, Zion and Steven Adams would be the sauce in today's NBA. But I'm a little bit interested in this from the Warriors perspective. Just thinking about would they trade James Wiseman in the summer or maybe at the trade deadline next year? Because... I don't know. Steve Kerr seems very hesitant to just run pick and roll every single time with Steph Curry and James Wiseman, which would probably be the best for the Warriors and for Wiseman. We've seen flashes from Wiseman, no doubt. He's huge. He can run. He's got a soft jumper, but it's not there every single night. And obviously the Warriors are in the midst of Steph Curry's prime right here. But they just lost 12 of 16 games before finally getting a win last night. They need to do everything they can to be ready to try and win next season when Klay Thompson is back healthy. You got to hope that Draymond Green uh, gets guarded a little bit more uh, when <laughs> on offense. I don't know how that's going to happen, but maybe maybe the jumper comes back playing with a little bit more spacing. I don't know, but it is a question to me of, you know, the Warriors had the number two pick. They could have taken LaMelo Ball. Imagine that. LaMelo and Steph Curry in a backcourt together. That would have been nice, but they went with the big guy who could supposedly step in and help a little bit here with the defense and the rebounding and being a rim runner. Hasn't totally been the case so far this season. So what y'all think? Would the Warriors be ready to make a move sometime in the next year? Something like that? I mean, I think I think yes. so. Because yeah. if Clay's coming back and he's, you know, 90% Clay or whatever he is and, and Draymond's still there and Steph, you're like, yeah, you're near the end of his prime window yeah, they're thinking titles. So it's like not even like it's just like the time frames don't really like their their points of their careers don't really even match right now. So if they could get like a star player for a Wiseman and whatever, maybe the pick if they keep it or another young talent, I I think they would uh task for the right guy. Um absolutely think they would do that. Yes, I think they do. I think uh, Steph has done so much for that franchise. It, it would be a decent package that would be needed to come back because they're trying to make the two eras work. They're trying to transition into the James Wiseman era. Trey, Trey brings up a good point about the, the Steph Curry pick and roll. They have been so averse to adopting what every other team adopts, and that's just give your point guard the ball, you know, make it happen in a pick and roll situation. That's what James Wiseman would be good at. They love running Steph off of everything, mm-hmm. but they are slowly going towards that. They ran 36 pick and rolls, according to Kevin O'Connor in second mm-hmm. spectrum last night, which, uh, you know, is uh, the mo- second most that they've run this season. And that they tied a season high with 71 pick and rolls overall. That's uh, that's, that's sh- a big shift. So they are moving towards the, the Wiseman era a little bit um that's that's yeah i shouldn't call it that i should not call it the wiseman era that's too much but um they're 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 trying to make them both work but yes they are losing right now and uh, they want to be they want to be good and steph curry is the key to being good so yeah if they if there was somebody out there they would do it i think they would Mm -hmm. move on all right but we're all in agreement i guess that siakam is not being traded probably this summer i i i think it's skeptical I think it's skeptical. Um, all right, next one. Hey, Lee P. Dunks. Oh, hold on, hold on, Skeets. Before you move on, we, I know we got I know we don't want to talk Raptors, but we got this other email in, and uh, it's a hypothetical. It's interesting. It's Raps related. Julio and Brampton wrote, "Hey, no dunk fam. Hey, no dunks fam. This question came up on a Raptors centric podcast. Shout out talking Raptors, and I was really interested to hear Skeets and Tass's take on it. In an alternate universe, the Raptors are sold and stay in Tampa permanently." 
Drake gets a group of investors together and immediately starts a new expansion team based in Toronto. Would you guys continue to cheer for the Tampa Bay Raptors or change loyalties to the new Toronto team? Wow. And he, and he throws in this cur- <laughs> he throws in this curveball. Jesus. In this scenario, the Tampa Bay Raptors retain the team's history and record, including the championship. So you know that you won a championship uh, if you follow question. the team. Oh, my God. Uh, so, tough question. All right. So the Toronto Raptors, as we know them, their entire history books and everything about them stays in Tampa. They don't want to get on a plane ever again. So okay. they're just staying put. So they're here in the States, down in Florida. And then Drake, with a bunch of investors, starts another team uh, in Toronto. Uh, yeah. I, okay, wow. Toronto so Towers. Who do we cheer for? Do we cheer for the new Toronto Drakes? Or, yeah, do we stay loyal with the Raptors? But unfortunately, it's the Tampa Raptors. My God. Well, what's your answer? Uh, my my answer is I would disown the team. I mean, I would never cheer for them again. Wow. I, I, I wouldn't cheer for either one if they did that. Oh, Ever. interesting. Inter- so, uh, I mean, it's almost like, I guess Trey's still cheering for the Braves, but they're not Atlanta Braves anymore. Let's be honest. Those are Cobb County Braves. Well, I mean, the so. team name is the same. I think it's exactly like Jared Dryden <laughs> yeah, saying... <laughs> okay, but uh, Jared Dryden in the stream team is saying this is exactly what happened to the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns left, became the Baltimore Ravens. Cleveland Browns fans hated the Baltimore Ravens, yeah. hate them to this day. Eventually, then the, the the Cleveland Browns came back and they got the dog pound back. So I don't know. Maybe oof, the keeping the team name really throws a yeah. That's into the it, problem for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to cheer mm. for the Tampa Raptors ever. No, like, you would ever. not. You would become Lee Ellis. You would get a shirt that has all 31 teams on <laughs> yeah. it. You would get a hat with an NBA logo, yeah. and that's it. Well, I this is so. kind of what could happen if the Sonics come into the league, because they'll go back to Seattle and just start afresh, because the Thunder took all the Seattle history. No, I thought they, I thought they didn't take the Seattle history. I, think oh, I, thought, I, they, I thought the deal was if the so- Super Sonics come back, it sort of like goes back to them. Are you sure? Uh, I thought, because I, they, they're like... I'm pretty sure in basketball reference, it's like OKC Seattle history. but Yeah, but they maybe they're not longer, hanging the 79 Sonics nah. championship. I know, but in, they've in, got uh, their, like, if you look at someone who played, like, their career, it's OKC. It, like, Nick Collison played his career for Seattle OKC. Yeah, I understand. Right? I understand. I'm just pretty sure there was something with the history that if the Sonics do come back, it will sort of, like, well, live back in Maybe there was a Seattle. clause in the contract, but <laughs> I, I right. thought... I don't yeah. think people are going to be saying Kevin Durant is the best player in Sonic's history. No, I, I, yeah, I, I don't I mean. either. It's 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 just it's just weird. I thought they they should have just when they got to OKC, been like, okay, the Sonics are dead. OKC is brand new, but I they didn't do that. They sort of moved the Sonics mm. to OKC. All right. Anyway. I love how we get so hung up on who keeps the history. <laughs> who's who keeps the got his? it? Who's it's got it? I think I I would say. Get out of here. I'm going to start listening to the athletic baseball show. I'm going to become a baseball fan. Oh, if the rap, yeah, if the Raptors do this, no way, no way. I, I would just feel, I would feel horrible. Just like the Sonics lost, uh, you know, a billion fans moving obviously to OKC. It's, it's different, but no, I wouldn't become a, I wouldn't become a Charlotte Bobcats fan. Maybe, you know, like the Bobcats came in and, and, and took over the spot of the Hornets eventually, you know, that, that scenario there. How talk many about, talk about history on that one? It's crazy. Yeah. How many yeah. Sonics fans, either to this day or in the first couple of years, like stayed loyal to yeah OKC? Like they were Thunder fans. I feel like it's got to be so low, right? Very I mean, low. Yeah. Near zero. I, would I imagine. know. I mean, and that's like. Well, this is a weird hypothetical because we're saying like there's a second team automatically in Toronto and for some reason they're staying in Tampa. Like the Sonics were straight up stolen. I mean, really, you're like, you know, it was like promised they were going to stay there and there was all arena issues. And then, yeah, suddenly they're in OKC in the, in the middle of the Midwest. But uh, yeah, let me know if you're a Sonics fan and still cheers to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, I can't imagine there's many of you out there, but crazy, crazy hypotheticals here. Okay, next one. Uh, hey, Leapy Dunks, forget all-star snubs. That's yesterday's news. Who are the Goon Squad snubs? Oh, man. Which LeBron <laughs> destroyer was left out of that lineup? Upturned, guys you love, some awe. That's from G-Bread from down in South Texas. So the Goon Squad is, uh, I guess, Trey, what they're basically now calling uh, the sort of what was the Monstars, right? In right. Space Jam 1. This is uh, Space Jam 2 or Space Jam A New Legacy, LeBron's version of it. We've seen the trailer. We talked about that. And yeah, the Goon Squad is like this uh, 
powerhouse team where they've pulled the powers, I guess, of NBA players like uh, Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, and there's a Kyrie, Kyrie is supposed to be in there. Um, Shiny Agwumake is in there. Diana Tarazi. Oh, so there's um, more than a fi- than a five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think we. Team. I just think okay. we didn't get a look at all of them. Okay. Yet. Okay. Um, or at least according to the various IMDb's Wikipedia's out there. Who knows how accurate they are? Because there's a whole bunch of characters just hanging out in the background. Not surprised to see King Kong on the sidelines. They saw the performance, said, "You're not good enough to be in this mm. game, King Kong. Sit down." Mm. But Kawhi Leonard should be in this. I think he is the perfect character to go against LeBron, considering he has had success against LeBron. We remember LeBron getting upset in the 2014 Finals that. Kawhi was checking back in. Kawhi is also in Los Angeles, a built-in rivalry right there. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about the character he's going to play, a wordless cyborg avatar of Kawhi Leonard, easy one. Uncle Dennis, I think you fumbled the bag here. <laughs> this should have been a locked-in performance from Kawhi. Yeah, Uncle Dennis the Menace, too. Maybe there's a tie in there. I don't know if he's on, Warner Brothers. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Kawhi is a great one. Do you have anyone else uh, on your list, Trey? Or is it like you're like, Kawhi is the obvious answer? Kawhi was the answer uh, for me because, I mean, I certainly skeets. I was ready to pitch Zion, but I figured I'd, you know, sprinkle some uh, tray flakes everywhere else. Oh, okay. Uh, Leah, anybody that you you see as a goon squad snub, even though the movie hasn't come out yet? Well, Joe Ingalls gets under the skin of his opponents. Hmm. Uh, I'd like to see my Australian uh, man out there putting in some work. So, yeah, I mean... Open it up. It's an international game. Get Joey out there. He would be fine being a villain, I think, and he'd be a good villain in this. So, Jingles is my answer. Okay. Jingling Joe. Who you got, Tass? Yeah, I guess on a similar line of thinking, Draymond Green would work out. You know, I think he would make for a good cartoon. He would uh, He'd be the mouthpiece. I didn't know mm. that this this uh, this player was already sort of typecast as a as a quiet guy, but I, I think you could find Draymond Green's role uh, alongside everybody. Like, they don't have, you know, Anthony Davis and Kyrie and Clay. They don't really have a mouthpiece. Yeah, they're pretty and, quiet. And, Reserved. You know, Di- Diana Taurasi, I think she, she's a fiery one. Neka Agwumake, she's fiery. Mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, I don't know why Chanae is not in there. I think it's Neka Agwumake. Oh, is it? I, I was unsure yeah. which. I don't know. Why don't we get this, both sisters in there and get Draymond in there? I mean, make another team. Make a third. There team. might be. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. we shall see. Yeah, we don't, we don't even actually know what happens in this movie. Like, I mean, I guess I'm I'm a little. Am uh, I disappointed that? Remember, we just got asked the question a million times, like if they made a Space Jam two, like who would be the five versions of the Monstars players, right? Which was oh geez, off the top of my head, like Sean Bradley, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, Muggsy. Larry Johnson, and Muggsy Bogues. Mm-hmm. I think I knocked that out of the party. Yeah. Uh, and we were like, we were trying to find like Boban would be Sean Bradley, right? We're trying to find just the, you know, uh, Joel Embiid would be maybe Patrick Ewing. And like, we're trying to really like typecast them. So they're obviously, it feels like they're not doing that, which is cool. Cause I love the like inclusion of WNBA players and, you know, yeah, there was only like one guard on that team. No wonder the Monstars lost. Like it was a horribly <laughs> built team. It's like, uh, I guess the 90s were different. You were playing a uh, bully ball. Big, uh, <laughs> big men you needed on your roster. But You know they didn't have the brain trust when they stole Sean Bradley's powers. No, right? no. They're like, that's just the tallest guy. We got to take him. That was yeah. as easy as it was. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, it was so quirky, right? It's like, well, let's mm-hmm. take the tallest guy and the smallest guy yep. in, in Muggsy Bokes. And then, <laughs> and then just a random, you know, Charles Barkley makes sense because he was a star, but... Uh, Larry Johnson was a crazy little addition there, I would say, at the time. But he got in there. He's got a good agent. Good for him. And he had the grandma ma going. That was around the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that was a little bit earlier, I guess. He was, what, 91 draft, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Yeah. yeah. Grandma was 92, 93 in Space Jam, 96. 96, yeah. Um, Uh, It's like they... they picked that goon squad like they were playing 95 ice hockey. I guess that didn't have a year, but like Nintendo ice hockey, where you just picked the skinny guy, Sean Bradley, <laughs> you know, the short one, the fat one, yeah. and Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, just pick, you know, the types. The, <laughs> the types. Well, yeah. I'll say I, I was a little shocked, too. Like, how do you feel about having the Toon Squad and the Goon Squad? Like, so the Monstars is like, what happened to them? Are they in jail still or something? Like, what happened to those little nerd lucks? 
I what, what, what's the what's the boss's name? Quackhammer? Quackhammer? Like, yeah. Something like that. They sent him back to Moron Mountain, never to be seen oh, yeah, again. Right. I think the nerd Lux are just living out their days here on Earth. Yeah, that's true. He was really the evil yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. guy, and they were sort of just the Actually. avatars. Yeah. Uh, okay, I don't know. I miss the mon- like. I love the monsters, and I remember. Like, people were sharing jerseys. I thought they were official, like, from Nike. Like, Monstars jerseys mm-hmm. and then Toon Squad jerseys. Like, you would have thought that... Or maybe they will be still, I don't know, included in this next movie. But no, Tass, it's like Toon Squad and Goon Squad. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me the Monstars. That's right. I mean, how are we going to do Hit em High? We can't say Goon Squad and... Uh, it's, not the, it's not the Goon Squad anthem. It's the Monstars anthem, man. Wow. Is there going to be a real hit song that comes from this movie? Uh, that's the real question. That's uh, Dame? Is Dame on the track? Oh, wow. yeah, good, probably. Good yeah. Mm. yeah. I didn't think of that. Lee, favorite song from uh, Space Jam soundtrack, which was a banger. Hmm. <laughs> How can you choose just one, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, you've caught me. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I can only remember. I can. I believe I can. Was that? That was it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. there was yeah. R. Kelly. There was yeah. Fly Like an Eagle on the Space Jam yeah. soundtrack, too, right? Oh, the yeah. SEAL version, Seal? right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, then there's the anthem, of course. Uh, who's your favorite uh, rapper in the, uh, in the anthem lately? <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, really? I thought you'd say Coolio for sure. Oh, it's Coolio winner. Yeah, he had the most, he forget- had the most forgettable verse. He did. It was the worst verse. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. Can oh. you name them all? Tasty. Yeah, be real, Coolio, Busta. That's in, that you're in order. Oh, oh well, okay. You were going to yeah. Be real, Coolio <laughs> goes one, two, then Method Man, oh, then Method LL Man, Cool J. Yep. Wow. And, and then, then Busta Rhymes closes it. Out. You think Coolio had the worst verse? I think you're right. <laughs> what up, yeah. there, everybody? Go so ahead, glad you're here, Coolio, with the flow back in your ear. To see the fact that's oh, forge, but I'm still on a mission. Oh, see if I can keep your song. attention. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lee not being able to remember the rappers remind me of us when uh, Charles Barkley was on the starters and we asked him his name in the Space Jam movie. <laughs> he couldn't remember. No, uh, no. not a chance. I mean, that's it's like it is easy to forget those names, though. I don't even remember. They're like, what are oh. they? His name was Pound. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They were oh, weird yeah. like that. Oh. Yeah. But they never yeah. like they never referenced them in nah. the movie like that. Nah. You know what I mean? It's just like they never just referenced them. It was just the color that you associated with them with them. With them. Right. You know, Pound. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the other four. No, the only no, reason why I remember does. that. We watched I it cannot. less than a year ago. Yeah, I can't wow. remember it all. Good call. Okay. Yeah, so we're definitely doing a film session for Space Jam. Too. Of course, man. Yeah. July 16th. When? We're doing it live. Oh, wow. It's coming wow, up. Wow, a live watch along. Interesting. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Something to think about. From the theater. We'll be back in theaters, right? Nah. Uh, uh, probably it's probably not even going to be in theaters. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Next one here. What's up, No Dunks? Thanks for having me on the beach here. Very nice. I'll get right to it. My girlfriend is very into houseplants. We recently bought our first home, and we have easily over 100 plants already. Wow. Up until we started dating, I had zero interest in plants. But now, I find myself looking over the plants at the local boutiques and grocery stores, caring for them myself, and marveling at their growth. She has turned me into a plant head, to be sure. So my question is, What's one thing you previously had no interest in that changed drastically because of your significant other? Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. 
P.S. I don't use Instagram, so I'm including here a picture of some of those plants. <laughs> oh, a cool I mug. Got plants. <laughs> I got plants. He did say a hundred <laughs> plants. Uh, so Shane has got over a hundred plants in his house. He also has a cool mug, as he as he puts it, and an interesting throwback: the Basketball Jones T-shirt. Mm. Thank yeah. you to Shane K. Shane, a lot of underscores on Twitter. So Lee, what's mm. uh, one thing you previously had no interest in that changed drastically? When you got with your wifey. Yeah, well, uh, Roxana, my wife, is from Peru, in, which is uh, in South America, in case people didn't know. And uh, they have a big Japanese um, uh, sort of influence and culture there. And uh, so I didn't realize that uh, sushi was really big in Peru. And mm. my wife, Roxana, she doesn't eat meat or chicken, like red meat or chicken, but she's a big sushi fan. And I really hadn't eaten sushi, I don't think, until we got together. And so when we first uh, went to a sushi restaurant, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Now I absolutely love sushi, uh, especially Peruvian sushi in Lima when we go down there. It is incredible. Um, yeah, so sushi's become, uh, you know, a semi-staple on our on our. Uh, on our diet our kids don't eat it so mm. you know it's not something that the family can eat mm-hmm. but uh often when we go out it'll be like uh, she's like sushi i'm like yeah let's have some sushi <laughs> why not she's oh. like sushi i'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry, Lee, you don't eat it with your family but you eat it with us our family when we go to vegas and somebody oh, yeah. orders a giant Ooh, sushi boat yeah. at one of the nice uh, restaurants in the, Blue in the hotel that's, that's right. what it was yeah. that's what those were some boat. good nights there weren't yeah. they yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, some expensive nights, but oh, good remember, nights, weren't they? I remember our uh, friend Matt, uh, one day when he was, we sort of rotated that bill around as well. And one day Matt got, uh, we had some other friends join us and uh, Matt got stuck with a uh, extra special bill that one night, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I do know what you're talking about, yeah. And, all, and already that was going to be the most expensive meal. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's why you pick up, like, when you're there for a week, or weeks in our in, yeah. in our instance, pick it up early. Get on that yeah. first, get on one of the first two tabs, three tabs, whatever. Like I got this one, I got this one, because you know we're gonna like up the game later on, and things are gonna get crazier. Yeah, he got he got saddled with that tough one there. That was a big bill. I think that uh, I, I think he's still suffering from that. Lee, we might have to start a, a GoFundMe for Matteo. It's like Tass said once upon a time. The best day of a sushi boat's owner is the day they buy the sushi. The worst day is when the bill comes. <laughs> I, I heard that as soon as you uh, take that sushi boat off the dock, it depreciates like crazy. <laughs> Leah, what's a, what's a classic order for you? You know, what are you just on a, a Wednesday night? Like you say, let's have sushi. We've been talking, you know, the guy's got me wanting sushi. You want to put it in order? Yeah. What are you yeah. throwing down? Um... I mean, something with salmon, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, uh, like, so so here in America, uh, a lot of the times when you order crab, it's imitation crab. So mm-hmm. don't order it. Right. But down in Lima, because it's right on the ocean there, sure. that crab's basically walking to your plate. It right. is as fresh as anything. Mm. So uh, when you're down there, I mean, it's usually just a roll, some, some form of roll with uh, crab and avocado. There was this one place we went to. They, they mix up the uh, soy sauce down there a little bit too. And they had this uh, passion fruit flavor, whoa, maracuya soy, flavor. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this maracuya, this passion fruit soy sauce was just incredible. Ooh, we, we went out like with some of her uh, girlfriends. And so I was just there by my, <laughs> I was just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I was just having such a great time with the, Go uh, wild with the rolls. Yeah, with the sushi. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's not like I don't really have a go-to as well. I, I, I'm I like to treat my wife Roxana kind of like the restaurant dictator Matt and just say you just. Uh, I, knew, you I sure? knew you were. I can tell by the way you're answering this question. Yeah. Yeah. I've never ordered it. Yeah, I mean, oh, I'll have one SWS roll. That's yeah. uh, something with salmon. I yeah, will have is, whatever yeah. my wife is ordering for the table, and oh, if she can't I decide, I will be calling my friend Matthew Austin to <laughs> order for us. <laughs> that salmon sashimi, man, that is, oh, my God. You can just eat so much of that mm. because it's uh, it's just buttery. It just melts in your mouth. It's so good. Nice, 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 nice. As long as it's fresh. 
as long as it's fresh. But I'm a big salmon sashimi man as well. Give yeah. me the salmon sashimi. You don't need all that rice. I mean, sometimes they'll have a salmon nigiri. Just cut that oh, rice in half. Yeah, nigiri. Get out of here. Ooh, yeah. Let's yeah. talk. Oh, let's all go for sushi, guys. Come on. When we can. When yeah. we can. We're getting close. We're getting close. Um, does anybody else have an answer to this question? You know, something you had no interest in that changed drastically because of your significant other? Tess, anything come to mind? Uh, well, sure. Uh, bad movies. She got me into, you know, a lot of vampire movies, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of crap movies. Yeah. Um, like Twilight and stuff? Like oh, way back yeah, in the yeah. day? Like... Yeah, all this stuff. All this stuff. If you're 15 or 16, you got to love okay. it. Uh, you know, we got a coffee drip machine. I was really against mm-hmm. getting a coffee drip machine. I said, no, I'm too highbrow for that. I want to grind my own beans. Brew my own. I want a French press. I want a mocha pot. I want a percolator. But no, she said, get a coffee drip. It's so easy. Just schedule it. So, you know, I've adapted. I've adapted. It's not. It's a nice balance. You can program it, make my own beans, grind my own beans and put it in there. And it's it's less, less crappy than, you know, some capsules or any of that. But, you know, it's a nice balance. Anyways, <laughs> I was against it. But... It's all about compromise. Everything my wife is into, I'm into. Ah, interesting. Totally. totally. My answer was literally everything. Uh, And it's funny you mentioned vampires. Laura said to me within the past week, we should rewatch True Blood. Oh, my gosh. Do not do that. That's what I said. That's what what I said. I was like, I remember enjoying, like, I don't know, the first couple of seasons. Um, How many seasons are there? More than you would expect, yeah, I think. Um, yeah. Um, but it's like I was in when they had eggs. There was a guy around named Eggs for a while. Great character, <laughs> Lafayette. Was that another of the yeah. early season characters yeah. who kind of dominated some storylines? Um, but you know, I don't think I can do a full rewatch of True Blood. I don't think there's enough lore there. I don't think I missed enough things to want to go back for a deep dive. Yeah, my oh answer my is also like television. It's like all of the Real Housewives stuff. Like all those, um, you know, how many are there? They're they're up to like they ever, they're in every city. They're going to be in Lethbridge soon, you know, Real Housewives <laughs> of Lethbridge. Oh, Salt Lake City is the big one now, and that yeah. one's apparently the most scandalous of all. I I know, and uh, you know, I catch myself watch them. I, I'm not sitting down to watch every episode, but it's on. It's always on because there's so many of them. And then you find yourself. I find myself asking a bunch of questions like, oh, which one is this? And What's going on here, and what's the story, and like, yeah, you get just sucked in. They've oh, just yeah. mastered how to get the like, get your attention in like five minutes of just random watching it. That you're suddenly like, oh, I got to see the next episode. I got to see what happens here. They're so good at it, but uh, yeah, those hey, Real guys, Housewives. Go yeah. ahead. I was, I was gonna suck you in. I mean, I can. Oh, I can. I can. Yeah. I mean, there's so there's such pointless television, but. There's so much of that that you just have on. You're half looking at your phone. You're sometimes watching a game even or whatever. And it's like you're sort of paying attention, but you don't ever need to really pay attention. It's the weirdest mm, thing, yeah. that type of TV. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like there's uh, probably list. like, getting back to True Blood, I feel like there's like a hundred spinoffs of True Blood. And I think Danielle's watched every single one. Because I, I, oh. like, I walk by the TV and there's like a... Uh, the the Blazing Range or something. I don't know. It's like there's always three names in the title, and it looks exactly like True Blood, but it's not True Blood, and it's just weird characters in their poshy homes doing weird stuff, and I just... Uh, it's, it's like they're the same show, yeah, yeah. but... I mean, they can't. They can't capture the true essence that True Blood was in season one. <laughs> it's, season I mean, it's two. called True Blood for a reason. Yeah, the am I right? The blood. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's uh, start wrapping it up here. We got a couple more questions though. Hi, basketball daddies. I'm currently reading Australian footballer Jared Roughhead's autobiography, and he mentions on page 126 that he landed media passes to the 2016 NBA Finals through quote. An Aussie bloke from Sunbury who works on a basketball TV show in the States. I feel like it wouldn't have killed Ruffy to drop Lee's name in there. Uh, what's a time where you wish you were given more credit for a favor you delivered someone? Roughhead small guys foursome. That's from Liam uh, in Tasmania. So is this truly like are you are you referenced in this guy's book? Yes, yes, I'm true. Uh, it's true. Um, and uh, here is Ruffy. I've actually true got a photo blood? of him here. Is at it? The, okay. uh, now uh, that's Jared there on uh, on the on the on the with the hat on, uh, and his brother Cam. You might remember Cam actually came into our studio 
um, yeah. one night. Just He was yep. over for the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So, yeah, Jared, um, he actually had tickets to the game, but uh, I managed to get him, like, a pass so that he could go around. In fact, Tass, you met yeah. him. Yeah, I did. I, yeah. I remember this. I went when I read this email and I thought, yeah, I remember those guys. Yeah, in the green room at NBA TV, they're. I think they chatted up with Isaiah Thomas for they a did. little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I'll I'll tell you this: that guy on the right definitely looks like a roughhead. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I think a guy named Jared Roughhead would look like. Holy moly! He, um, yeah. So uh, we 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 got them in there, and they had a great time meeting meeting everybody. Sure. Um, but it was funny because I remember when I got those uh, passes for him, I actually told him, I said, yeah, I've got two passes for you. But I misread the email back from the Turner Talent who said, um, we're working on it. <laughs> so, I, so I was like, oh, shh, what do I do now? Do I just say, oh, hang on, just wait? Or do I just hope they came through? And they did come through. So I didn't have to send that sort of like, oh, hang on a minute. I might not have them for you because I was so... <laughs> Trey went first, then it was me, and then Tass went to game five. So I wasn't going to be there as well. That was the other thing. Uh, and uh, anyway, so uh, it worked out in the end, and they had, a, they had a great time. And that was obviously the uh, 2016 finals as well, so one of the uh, greatest. And then this was uh, last year back in Australia, or yeah, two years ago now. Oh, my God. Uh, caught up with the boys Cam and Jared there for uh, dinner one night in Melbourne. Had a great time. I saw them at the uh, Australia-USA games as well, so... Great to see those guys. And, and Ruffy, in fact, I was at his last game. He retired. <laughs> oh, he retired Ruffy. from Australian Rules Football, a legend. He's won, uh, I think, four four championships there for the Hawks, a club legend. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, so, uh, he's had... So how did he reach out to you then? Like, how did he was like, oh, that guy's Australian. Let me hit him up. That sounds like something you would do, actually. So yeah. so, so, so Jared is actually a cancer survivor. Uh, okay. and he had cancer in his lung and he was uh, very, very sick for a while. He had to take, uh, I think, a whole year's season off football. And anyway, so a friend of his is a friend of mine. And she, uh, in oh. Australia, she was said, um, hey, you know, Jared's a big basketball fan. Is there anything you can do on the show? And so I put his photo up in the, you know, in the monitor. daily yeah. photo monitor there. Yeah. And so then he messaged me and said, "Hey, uh, I saw my photo up. How, how did you, how did that come about?" And we started exchanging messages. Gotcha. And then so in 2016, I, I believe he was uh, in remission then, but he wasn't playing football. That's why, because that's in the middle of the Australian football season in June. So I believe that's why he was able to go mm. over to the uh, to the finals. So. Yeah, so we were hoping to connect in person in 2016, but we weren't able to, but we did eventually uh, back in Australia there. So, uh, yeah, it was great. It was great to uh, to help out Ruffy and his brother there. So is that guy, like, considered one of the 50 greatest Aussie World uh, football players of all time? Not. Top 100? Like, yeah, probably, curious. probably close to the top 100. But, uh, uh, you know, a Man. legend played for one team. Um, you know, he was, a, he was a scorer, like, kicked a lot of goals, yeah. uh, won... Won a lot of premierships and uh, just, you know, regarded as not just a great footballer, but a great person as well, connected to the game. So um, it was great. Well, and, and my... not that great a person. He didn't reference you in his book. <laughs> uh, let's but, not go overboard uh, here. Why didn't he my, drop um... Lee Ellison there? Maybe he forgot your name? <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is, uh, you know, there's a, like my brother is a supporter of his team, Hawthorne, and one of our good family friends is a huge fan of Hawthorne and Jared Roughhead. Okay. And so when I told him, I said, I'm meeting up with Ruffy. He, and this guy's like, you know, 50 nearly. And he's like, oh, man, that'd be awesome. You know, right. can I come? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's not like one of those sort of dinners. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, it was uh, it was great. So uh, shout out to Ruffy there and Cam. All right. So, I mean, I got to know. You're writing your own book. Will you just sort of slightly, <laughs> slightly reference an Australian rules football player when you're telling this story of the 2016 finals, or will yeah. you actually name drop him? Uh, I'll, I'll put Jared's name right, in there, but, okay. but I'm not offended. I mean, it's Jared's book. I That's know. how he wanted to write it. That's fine. <laughs> mm. Okay, okay. We got we got one. Or does anybody else have a have an answer for that one? True, true bloods, but not true buds. No name, no actual name. <laughs> I got a minor answer, Skeets. Sure. I made I made a note yesterday answering this question. I said, this was, I don't know, in the afternoon, 3.30-ish. All I want in this internet life is for my name to be spelled right when I come on your show. Oh, man. Yeah. You at me with the right name. It's right there. Five hours later, Mashable drops a list of 30 NBA Twitter accounts to follow. Oh, blessed to make the list in the top half. Number 14, Trey Kirby. At T-R-E-Y-K-E-R-B-Y. 
once a host of the now defunct The Starters, Kirby, K-I-R-B-Y, is fun and irreverent. It's quite the adventure here. That um, yeah, because of the I'm way loving that first line, loving yeah. that first line. Yeah. Once once that starts to where you get to that last word, you have to reread that last word because it's <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's like it's it's like it's uh, like Kirby used to be on this show. Now he's fun and irrelevant, but he's still in the top fourteen, and we we're not even going to spell his name right. Uh, okay. <laughs> I love it. I hope they never update it. Thank you to everybody who sent this to me and is saying, hey. They do no dunks now. Yeah, we do. But I am still fun and irreverent. Not irrelevant. Um, and as for the favor I'm doing, you're welcome for all the great tweets. <laughs> I think you should be higher on that list, too, if we're being honest. 14th? I guess that's not bad. <laughs> I, I would have liked 13. It's my number. But, you know, 14, Ooh. I'll take you. I'll take you. Yeah. Um, all right. Let, let, let's wrap this up, Tassie. We got one more here? Yep. Hey, guys. I've been watching your show for a few years now, and I love it. My brother Max is also a huge basketball fan, but he never watched your show. In December, I persuaded him to watch a few episodes. So he did, and now he's a huge fan of you guys. He told me the moment he actually fell in love with your show was when Lee was talking about his coffee grinder. So I decided to get him a very solid coffee mug. I hope you don't mind, Lee. Oh, it's we're so showing good. you a photo of Lee in his do-rag uh, when you're in Syria. Is that right, Lee? No, that's in Barbados. So. Oh, a Barbados. lot of people don't know this. Uh, this is the sixth rapper on the uh, Monstars <laughs> anthem. It got cut for time, but uh, he came right after Coolio. Uh, with his but uh, Lucas's fan here, Lucas's friend here, is just not into this mug because Lucas writes. So please give him a shout out and tell him to pick up. His VSCM, his very solid coffee mug. Pick it up, man. Uh, yeah. Keep it up, guys. Greetings from Ulm, Germany. Yeah, it's wow. an interesting. I would. Interesting I mean, mug. I'll be honest. I'd like one of those mugs. I think it would be. I like it to say something on it too, but yeah. I'm not sure what it should say. What do you think? Parental like, advisory. Uh, thing. Put that on it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Uh, how about uh, almost name dropped in Jared Roughhead's autobiography? <laughs> do the do, somebody said. <laughs> okay, that's not bad, actually. Oh, Put some Mountain Dew in that. All right, fantastic. What a way to end. Uh, <laughs> thank you to, uh, to Lucas there. In Germany, we might have to get those uh, up in the uh, official no duck <laughs> yeah. store. I'd, be, yeah. I'd buy one of those, man. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of you in a durag. It's a power look with the glasses, too. I love it. I love it so much. Oh, Lucas is watching right this second. He writes, I will send you some of these mugs. Oh, and you know what? Speaking of that, remember, uh, what day was that? Monday's show, Tuesday's show, I brought up uh, Morgan had made... Uh, home is where the boobs are a cross stitch that Big Matt when yeah. he was on NBA Happy Hour said um, she's sending that to us too she might make us some other ones for you guys too oh, get one wow. hanging up behind you there uh, <laughs> wow. in all your offices uh, that'd be a little weird in your kids room Lee but that's alright we could throw it <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. yeah who cares right yeah. All right. Would that be weirder or would it be scarier to put my uh, own mug in their room with me wearing a uh, do-rag? Mm. Uh, I don't know. I think they'd like it. I think they'd get call. a kick out of it. All right, guys, we'll call it there. Uh, a fun, fun episode of Beach Step. And keep your questions always coming to nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. Leave them in the YouTube comments. Help us beat the algorithm. Like, comment, subscribe, and share the show. We really appreciate it. We're back Tomorrow, of course, with Tass is what you need to know early. Got the Daily Show at 10. Got some whoopsies coming your way, the hoops and the bloops. Also on Thursday night, NBA Happy Hour. Got a special guest lined up. 95% locked in here. So uh, it will wouldn't be a lot of fun. Wouldn't have he been a better guest for uh, today's show? Interestingly, uh, uh, stepping on the beach. Mm. Surprised you didn't say he's ninety-five to ninety-six percent confirmed. <laughs> oh, interesting. Wait, was that when he was born, or is that when the Bulls last won a title? Okay, I love it. I love it. I love it. No, that's, that's, that's when another uh, can won a title. Uh, close to it. Ninety-four, ninety-five. <laughs> All right, Kenny Beecham might join us on NBA Happy Hour. King of the fourth quarter, baby. We're gonna hope to get him on the uh, on the stream for uh, you know thirty minutes to an hour, however long he wants to join us. So it'll be fun. So subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube and uh, we'll see you tomorrow and of course all the way through Friday with a bunch of shows classic content coming from the classic factory Clipper Bros 
You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, do the do-rag. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Embrace the day, people.